Welcome to the Upward Momentum Podcast, where we talk about people, we talk about purpose, and we talk about business. Today, I'm joined with Caitlin. Caitlin, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to be talking with you. No worries, and I'm I'm excited to to chat with you today. This is um a little bit of a diversion from my original plan, but um, one of the things, obviously, we're we're dealing with COVID nineteen right now, a big big topic for everybody, and there's a lot of information out there about leadership. So we're going to talk leadership today. Um, but before we get to that, you know, I I want to just uh, Caitlin, just tell us a little bit about yourself and and whatnot. Perfect. Okay, for sure. Um, So I have a background in sports and recreation management. I did that in my bachelor's at Mount Royal University, and I'm currently taking a master's in leadership at Royal Roads University. Um, From there, I've, I've, I've had a lot of different life journeys that have motivated my perspective on leadership. I think it's something very important to be discussed, whether it's your definition of leadership or the execution of leadership. There's so many different dynamics when you start to really dive deep into it. And it's probably one of the things that I've really carried forward um, in my life. So it's interesting that we're talking about this today. I really care about people and, you know, I want to make a difference in this world. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, you know, when you grew up, like, did you ever have a dream career or anything like that? And I can always be like, no, I I didn't. But there's been this driving motivation to always make a difference. And over the years, I think the the goal is getting a little bit clearer of what that might look like. But that's still the driving factor to this day. So when you say making a difference, what, what would, would that end goal be for you when you hear when you say making a difference? Um, there's a couple of different dynamics to it right now. I think one of them and the best way to say it is um, finding harmony and unity among people. You always hear the conversation about, you know, striving for peace or um, different tactics around that. And I think that at the end of the day, one of the things of making a difference for me is being able to create unity and harmony among people where, you know, you can have your differences and it's okay, or you can see that you can have love for different people and there's different dimensions of it and that everybody on this planet truly does have a gift to offer um, and figuring out what that is. That would be one of them. And probably the same around like animals and humans too, because I am minorly a animal activist. (laughs) Okay, interesting. Now I want to want to go back to your definition of leadership there for a minute. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody thinks leadership something different. Um, you know, some people think of it as a position, some say well, I'm a manager. Um, what is what do you think leadership really means to you when you hear leadership? So, for me, leadership is something where you have the ability to do one of two things or execute two things, I should say. Uh, The first is to be able to see the potential in others and to help that grow. The other is to kind of tread in a path where people can learn from what you've done and you can still be um, able to assist people. So there's like your individual growth, but then there's still a collective approach where you're still supporting other people around you and you're uplifting them and you're providing them the opportunity to grow their potential. Let's kind of take it back here, you know, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, Mm COVID-19, how do you think all of this fits into today? 
Great question. I think that uh, when you think of leadership in COVID-19 right now, there's a lot of direction. A lot of people are having to take more of like an authority position um, due to certain circumstances. And that doesn't mean that they aren't working for the better of the whole. And it doesn't mean that they don't have a collective approach in mind. I do think that what will be interesting with COVID-19 is to see how um, leadership changes in companies, in politics, whatever it may be, does, is there this opportunity where more authority or authoritarian leadership starts to rise again that you saw you know, in history? Or are we going to move towards a place where there's a demand for more collective leadership as we start to tackle things as a whole? Our business is going to start to see that, you know, different people rose to the occasion and there's new opportunity to have collective leadership within your organization because of the things that were brought to the table. Are people stepping up in society where you see, you know, small businesses trying to create opportunities to help the homeless or to help those who need support? Um, And there's like a collective approach that's happening in communities. And I wonder how that's going to start to transcend into the bigger picture. And what sort of trends have you seen so far then with with things going on? Are you seeing, do you think that there's any straight direction or is it kind of, we're not sure yet where this is going to land? I would say that it's almost like the, we're unsure. And the reason I say that is because um, if you look at New Zealand right now, there's been a couple articles that have come out about how, you know, they're looking to change their, their work-life balance and they're looking to change how work is done and and leadership is changing where it's not just about COVID, but it's like this grand picture where they're saying, here's our current reality, but we know that other current realities are going to start to come of this and they're starting to shift and move forward. And I don't know if those conversations are happening so much in Canada yet of like, here's our current reality, what's happening next? I think we might still be in this box of here's our current reality of COVID-19. And that's kind of where we're staying at this time. And I think that that does impact leadership because It starts to have us only see one perspective of our worldview and not everything else that could be potentially going on or coming our way. And that can be limiting. And with that in mind, do you think that this is something that's been a long time coming and that maybe with COVID-19 sort of accelerated that? Or do you think it's something that maybe this has just sparked a whole new way of thinking? That's a very very interesting question. Um, And the reason I say that is because I'm currently studying in my master's different worldviews and how those impact leadership. And so Mm -hmm. if you look at um, Indigenous leadership, for example, they have multiple worldviews and it's very collective um, in their approach. Whereas if you, there's an argument out there that Western culture uh, takes on more individualistic leadership and more singular worldview approaches. So I think that with COVID-19, it brings up the question, are we executing leadership properly? And are we doing it where leadership is being executed for everyone um, and the whole, or are we doing it where we have leadership that's being executed um, from top down and it's very singular in their perspective? Are we meeting the needs of people? Are we recognizing different social locations of people so what is their reality um what background do they come from are they a minority are there challenges that they face and is the leadership that's being provided supportive of that or is it only supportive of one group 
And I think with COVID-19, there's an opportunity for us to look beyond how we've been executing leadership and start to implement ways where it's like we recognize what's happening in different groups and we recognize the different challenges. And this is how we're going to start to mitigate those risks. Because I think with COVID-19, different issues are arising. For example, um, Toronto, you know, there's like senior age care homes and things like that. And mm-hmm. there's been this perspective recognized by politicians of how challenging some of those homes have been, where people have been talking about this for so long. So there's opportunity arising for leadership and leaders to start to really come up to the plate and be like, and recognize the different perspectives and the different worldviews that really exist. So I think that this is an opportunity for leadership to grow. When you talk about that opportunity of growth, how what what would you say would be the way? How do we get that growth to, to happen and that transformation? One of the things, and I'm going to quote Ronald Short, um, who wrote a book in regards to self-inquiry and relationships with people, is to be able to look within. And once people can really start to define their own values and what leadership is to them, uh, then they're able to execute it. Because there's something about people having the ability to have that you know, inner locus of control, that self-reflection that impacts leadership. And I think that we need to start to remove the ideology around leadership being a position and more leadership being an action and a behavior and um, something that's um, executed in society. And so to move forward, as challenging as it is and potentially unrealistic as well, there has to be more discussion around what makes you a leader. What do you value when you're a leader and why are you a leader? So for example, if we have Justin Trudeau and we go up to him and we're like, why did you want to be a leader of Canada? You are the leader. What is that driving factor? There's things that have like inner conversational pieces that someone has to have with themselves. And it does really come from that self education of how you're going to execute. And then as a whole, um, I think there's also demands from society that have to happen too. If, if people start to you know look for leadership they have to start to look for what they want in leadership and i think we need to stop romanticizing certain ideologies about leadership that we currently do where the leader is this big significant person um who you know might be like that fatherly figure i think some of the authoritarian leadership that we have experienced throughout history is still really relevant in the leadership that we see today And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Um, However, I think that ideology does get romanticized through movies or society or social norms. And I think to start to transition out of that, we need to start to really look into different types of leadership, whether it's transformative leadership or leadership that does really look into having the whole and the collective be involved in decision making. as we move forward or understanding that leadership isn't always just the position. Sometimes, you know, if you have an organization, the person who is speaking at something may be the leader, but then the next person who speaks, who might be the expert that they turn into the the leader next. So it's this multi-dimensional moving thing and to really enhance leadership and move it forward. 
I do think that um, there is that personal reflection piece that exists and also the piece of recognizing that we need to stop romanticizing what leadership might be and start to really question it and have maybe some more critical practices around it. So it sounds like uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Simon Sinek. Yes. That you're, you must be a big fan of him and his, you know, leadership's not a position or a title. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a way of being. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, and I, I think you, you really summed it up really well there. Um, but it, it makes me think, you know, if that's kind of the root and, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, I think that that's definitely the route we need to, we need to start looking in terms of leadership. You know, the, the whole thing of you're in a, in a, position to be a leader really isn't there anymore. Mm. Um, but also the questioning yourself. So if somebody, you know, is a lot of people don't necessarily realize that even as a frontline worker, a cashier or any of these positions, they are still leaders. They definitely are. Uh, what kind of advice would you maybe share with somebody like that to, to maybe help them realize that, Hey, you know what? You are a leader. Mm. Um, so when I was starting my master's, we were we were focusing a lot around Brene Brown. And one of the things in her book that touched like deep within my soul was one simple question. And it was, why did you step into the arena in the first place? Mm-hmm. And I think for some of the frontline workers, that's a question that they should be asking themselves right now is, you know, you're still going. And yes, I know that there's realities, you know, people do have to pay the bills and things like that. But there's also a resilience that's still there that's keeping those people still going. Whether it's your nurses, your firefighter, your store clerks, they're all still going. Um, And they're still pursuing and they know that there's something that they're doing to help others right now. And I think that when people are really starting to wonder, like, am I a leader or or what am I a leader of? Ask yourself, what made you step in the arena in the first place? What got you to that position? Why are you doing what you do? Because in that arena, there's going to be people supporting you the whole way through. They believe in your leadership. They're the ones supporting you and looking at you as a leader for what you're doing right now. And don't doubt yourself about it. Really focus on why you're there. Have the discussions with yourself because you will rise up. That passion, that fire inside you, it's still there. It's still burning. It's not going out. So I think that's the first place I would start when it comes to asking or getting people to really realize that they're a leader. Awesome. And and this could be applicable to anybody, right? Like it doesn't anybody. matter what role you're in, where you're working, anything, you know, anybody. Definitely anybody. I mean, even if you think about it, and this isn't something that everyone might always recognize, but even when you get hired for a job, you Mm. were hired for a reason. And it's probably because of the expertise that you bring. And you're a leader in that. The reason that they needed that job was because they were not an expert in it. They needed someone else to lead that position. And sure, it might be lower on the hierarchy, but I think that's why we need to move away from leadership being something that's hierarchical, hierarchical. (laughs) Um, but like it does exist and it does for signing authority or certain things that are operational functionality and and that's why that um that difference is there that distinction in role is there 
But that doesn't take away from who's a leader versus who is who doesn't want to be. And it doesn't take away from the leadership and the follower relationship. It everybody can be a leader. It just means stepping up to the plate and recognizing that you are one. Awesome. We, you've sh- shared some really good insights there, and, and I want to shift a little bit here. Because mm-hmm. one of the other biggest challenges we're faced right now is obviously you know unemployment. I want to talk a little bit about the elephant in the room, um, yep. something we I've talked a lot about on the podcast already. But I also think that it's something that relates to leadership. And I want to get your perspective on that and what you think about unemployment and, and leadership and how the two could tie together. Um, I think that when it comes to unemployment, they're, they're like leadership, it's a very multidimensional aspect, uh, factor concept, but when you break it down, um, there are elements to, when you go through the struggles of unemployment to recognize that there is also opportunity. And I know that is so hard to say for some people because of the challenges that they are facing. And I never want to take away from anything like that. Um, But just reflecting on my own experience. Last year, there were struggles for myself with unemployment or even doing contract work and losing those hours where, you know, you try to be self-employed and it just fails. Right. And getting by sometimes can be so hard. But that being said, um, there's also the opportunity to rise up and recognize what you have to offer and really hold on to, I would say, three things. The first is resilience. The second is your discipline. And then the third is personal mastery. And the reason I bring those up is because there are also those three key things that will keep you going. So the resilience to never give up, that will defy you as a leader because you are someone who will push through. And I can guarantee the majority of people who are pushing through during unemployment are not just doing it from themselves. They're doing it for their children or their family or their friends where they are trying to get through. Um, There's also the challenges of discipline. And what I mean by that is in correlation to personal mastery. When you are in the struggles of um, unemployment, it's really hard to see what you have to offer when you know you've been trying and trying and trying and maybe things just aren't working or you're in this bubble where you have lost your job due to COVID-19 and you're like, what am I going to do? Take the opportunity to really recognize what you have to offer. And that's not easy to do, but... I can guarantee the majority of people that if they take that opportunity to recognize that these are the clear things that I have to offer and I'm going to work at them. I'm going to, you know, use different tools, use Google, Google Scholar, LinkedIn, all these free things that can help me get to that next level during this time. I will come out of this situation um, better than ever. And I guess the one thing to think of it in that way is <laughs> there's a quote and it's probably one of my favorite quotes and it's from a childhood show um, where basically the quote is saying that no matter how dark the tunnel may seem, keep on singing because you are going to a better place. 
meaning that you will get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And when you're in those challenges in life, that is the time where you can really rise up to be a leader, whether it is unemployment or something else. That is that time when you are transforming as a person. You are understanding what you can do, what you can offer, and how you can grow. And some people might not always see it as an opportunity, but I think that um, in those times of challenge, there one thing that also supports you being a leader is the ability to ask for help and to be able to maybe sometimes even shift to being a follower where you're like, where do I go? Who can I reach out to? What leaders do I know? That will help you become a leader of yourself. That will help you realize the potential that you have. So when people are stuck in a situation of unemployment, do not give up on your potential. And people won't either. They will still be seeing it. So don't don't lose that vision. Um, and I think that that is something that is, you know, the relationship of unemployment and leadership in a nutshell. Yeah, um, no, that's the story. <laughs> no, thank you. That's fantastic. So then let's let's look at the other perspective. You know, naturally, I mean, this has been huge. I, most of us have never experienced anything like this in our lives. The way I look at it is that this is a fundamental positive transformation for all of us, and we will come out of this stronger. Definitely. Um, now, we talked about kind of the, the individual leader, the yeah. person is a leader. What about organizations? What can organizations do to not only help emerge better, be more mm-hmm. successful, like that transformation, and, and naturally helping these people who are not working? What, what, can, what can they do? Uh, from that perspective how can they be leaders um just to clarify when you said helping these people who may Mm -hmm. not be working what did you mean by that you know like it's because people work for companies right yeah and i mean a lot of companies took the approach of let's lay people off Mm -hmm. maybe that was the right approach maybe it wasn't but how do we how do we merge from this positively how can organizations help us get through it better and faster and and help bring things back? Um, I think that one way that companies and organizations can come back to this, and this one will be tricky because, you know, everyone's going to have the the goggles on of like, we have bottom line, we have things to get done, whatever mm. it may be. But I'm going to actually tie it to corporate responsibilities and communi- and supporting the community. And I don't just mean by, um, you know, sending money or something like that. I mean, what are things that we can do as a whole where there's opportunity to volunteer our time as a company to support the community and bring people together? Maybe, you know, it's it's a company like Shell and they they host or they say, you know, what, our team is going to be going out um, to the food bank or to the soup kitchen and they're giving their time. How will companies coming out of this make time for the community as well as the job that needs to get done? And in terms of supporting their employees, how are they communicating with their employees right now? And I know that's hard because when you lay off people, there's only a certain amount of you know communication that you can have. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there are ways I believe that we can go around that. And I'm a little bit of a fan of the loophole. So <laughs> hopefully this is a little bit inspiring. But Um, There are times when, you know, you can put out messages and 
And it can be different kinds of messages because some companies didn't lay off everybody. You know, some companies did keep some people and laid off certain people, whatever it may be. That's a time when you can really relate to the values of your company and your mission and your vision and put it out on social media or make an effort to bring the community together. And it could be by simply, you know, having those reminders go out about what your company does. It could be that, you know, maybe some companies are like, we can't keep you all, you know, with us. But at the same time, if you want, here's like a newsletter to subscribe to that's just, you know, the good news of the day or certain things like that. The other thing, too, is whether you because in some organizations, you know, people stay friends, stay friends with your like your coworkers. Don't lose them during COVID-19. Keep in touch and look for ways that you can talk about things together. People are better when they're together. We are strong as a whole. If you know that, you know, someone is struggling because they've been laid off, what are sources you can do to help them? Is it, you know, sending them an app like Breathe or uh, Calm or Headspace? Is it just giving them a call to check on them? What What I guess I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, when we want to inspire people to come back to work, we want or to support them or whatever it may be, how are you sending a message to them? Whether it's indirect or directly, what are the efforts that you are doing to make it so that they know that you are there or you're not giving up on them? And mm-hmm. even if, you know, not everyone can come back right away, fine, then you know, that's going to be a reality for some that is going to be a challenge. But then as a whole and as a collective, what are we doing as a community to say, here are tips and tricks for when you may be struggling with unemployment when things start to settle settle from COVID-19? And here are ways that we can support you as a whole. Maybe it's, you know, sending them to a recruiter or sharing tips about that or how to find jobs or what to look for. The point is, is that organizations have an opportunity right now to step up as leaders, to share messages and to almost break (laughs) the kind of top down rigidness Mm -hmm. that kind of exists. And I think that will probably be one of the make or break things is organizations that have gone through the struggles of COVID-19. When you come back, how do you communicate with your employees? Do you communicate the same way you did going into COVID-19 or is there more openness? Is there, you know, vulnerability? Is there communication? What is changing so that there is that holistic approach to a united front to get back to where you need to get to? Awesome. And, and, you know, I've seen, seen this already on social media is the most amazing thing. I've seen everything from uh, like an advertisement from somebody advertising somebody at work with a little like LinkedIn picture and a little description about them to a personal post uh, mm-hmm. that I actually shared myself, which was, Hey, I've been where you are. I've been laid off. Reach out to me. I want to help you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I love what you said there because it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I, I want to help you get a job. It can be something as simple, let me look at your resume and I'll, I'll give you some tips. Or, hey, if there's a, somebody I can connect you with in my network, let me help you. Mm-hmm. So I, I you've gave, given some fantastic examples there, absolutely. So, And I guess another opportunity just to go off of that mm-hmm. that I think is worth yeah. sharing is one time when I was leaving a company, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we got to a point where we agreed, like the fit wasn't there. They wanted to go one direction. I wanted to go another. And um, during that time, it was the leaders who stood up and, and they said like, anything that you need, we will help you. If you need a reference, if you need help with your resume, whatever it may be, we're going to help you. So I think that's another thing for organizations to really focus on is if you can't bring back everybody or whatever it may be, how can you help those that you care about? Whether it's a reference in the future, whether it's reaching out just to check in on them, whatever it may be, there's a there's a human element here that cannot be forgotten. And I think that's one of the defining aspects of leadership too during this time. Absolutely. I, I would even say just any time. I mean, <laughs> yes. you know, naturally when people hear that you, you know, you lost your job, you were laid off. I think the stigma has changed around it a lot, but more often than not, I mean, very few companies are willing to support you in that process. And that's amongst one of the hardest times in, of your life, having gone mm-hmm. through it myself. And I mean, that's, and I agree with you. I think that's true leadership when a company says, hey, you know what, we're willing to support you and, and help you get through this, especially now, I think more than ever. Um, not to say that it's 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 not really any different. The, I mean, the circumstances are slightly different, but the situation is still the same. You're out of a job. Mm-hmm. So... And it's, and it's definitely going to be harder not to, to sugarcoat it in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there's lots more people than what we're already out of work. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely a really, really great perspective on leadership there. Um, so I have one last question for you, Caitlin. One thing we always like to wrap up with here is just want to know what is one thing that inspires you? And this can be anything in life, a person, a mentor, a book. We just like to know what, what inspires uh, our guests. Uh I think that the one thing or one of the things that inspires me is, (laughs) and it's a little bit cheesy, but it's honestly life itself. And Mm -hmm. I've always had this zest for life growing up to this day. Now I can go walking on the ridges of Calgary and see the sunset and just capture that moment where I'm like, there's so much more there. There's people I get to learn from there. There's something I don't know. Like, I want to ask why. Whatever mm-hmm. it may be, our lives are so rich with so much beauty. And being able to recognize that is what makes me want to share it with so many people. And I will never give up until I'm able to spread as much love and kindness and happiness and optimism as possible. I want to help people realize their potential because in this life, there's so much around you to care about to experience, it is not worth, um, you know, losing sight of or, or coming blind to by stressors or negativity. And if I can share that message, if I can guide people along, then I've, I've done what I need to do. Excellent. Well, Caitlin, I want to thank you again so much for your time and, and taking the time to talk to me today. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, Cake and Coffee on Instagram or Caitlin Claire um, or uh, Caitlin or Afghan on LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Caitlin. And for anybody out there who wants to connect with us, uh, you can reach us at info, info at upwardmomentum.ca. That's info at upwardmomentum.ca or on uh, Twitter at uh, upward momentum one 
Thank you again. And until our next episode, thank you for listening and looking forward to having you all back. Thanks again, Caitlin. Thank you so much.